0: Happy New Year, Northview Church. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Recently, Pastor CJ and our staff gathered at Brookside Community Church for this special worship service. We hope you enjoy it.
1: I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind I know there is peace within your presence, I speak Jesus, I just want to speak the name of Jesus, till every dark addiction starts to break, declare, Jesus 'cause your name is power your shout jesus from the mountains and jesus in the streets jesus in the darkness over every enemy and jesus for my family i speak the holy name jesus Like Jesus, over our lives, over our jobs, over our family. Oh, we speak your name, only your name. Shout Jesus from
0: this moment I want to speak the name of Jesus over every person under the sound of my voice whether you're in the room it does not matter our God is not hindered uh, by our facilities he's not hindered even by what we perceive as proximity God is always close God is always near and he's always leaning in and he is attentive to the cries of our heart and He is attentive to every single one of our needs and so whatever it is that you're facing. No matter who you are, where you are, we speak the name of Jesus and not the name of Jesus. Depression has to bow. Addiction has to bow. Loneliness, it has to bow. Purposelessness, it has to bow, amen. And so, God, we just come to you in faith. A bold confidence of recognizing that you are still at work among us and you are desiring to do new and afresh things. And God, would you stretch our hearts and our imagination and our sense of awe and wonder as to what it is you seek to do next. Scripture says you, you make rivers in the desert meaning you do things in places that they don't seem to belong in. And right now, God, we ask that you would show up in places that you don't seem to belong, in places where culture or the world, or maybe even ourselves have assumed that you have no interest. God, I pray you would lean in. God, I pray that you would respond to the cries of of your people. And God, you would respond to the needs of each and every one of us in a way that only you can. God, we recognize our own limitations and we come to you humbly, fully surrendering our lives and all that we are to you. And God, as we step into a new year, God, we just believe the best is yet to come. And as we sing, rain came and winds blew, but my house was built on you. Whatever 22 brought our way. God, we stand here as proof that we made it and you carried us through and we're ready for another year. So bring it on. Bring it on. God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, church, you can grab a seat. Uh, Again, I do want to welcome everybody watching online. We have postponed our services this weekend at Northview. And so our church family is watching at home. But in the room is our church staff. And uh, church staff, can we just say hi to our church family and let them know we love them? We are thrilled that you're with us. And uh, we pray that you had just a wonderful holiday season and just a great time celebrating the birth of our Savior and what an amazing thing God did in and through the, the Christmas season at Northview. And we're excited to share all those details as those unfold before us. But I am excited about today as we kick off into the new year. And I'm excited specifically because we're in a new space for something like this. And uh, we are meeting right now at Brookside Community Church. And if you're new to Northview, Uh, you may be new to this idea or this relationship that we have with Brookside, but Brookside is family. Years ago, we started uh, an outreach in the city, in the Brookside Community Park, and that outreach grew. It gained momentum, and it was pretty clear early on that this was becoming a a church and a church of its own and a church with a a purpose and a mission. And right now, we stand in Brookside Community Church that is accomplishing remarkable things for the kingdom of God. And can we just celebrate all that? God has done in and through Brookside. It's outstanding. Brookside is not only a church, it almost seems limited to call it that. Brookside has so many projects and programs and initiatives and and their stretch and their reach throughout this community. It's hard to measure and we are just so thrilled for what God is doing through Brookside and and we're thrilled to be behind its leadership. You know, Pastor Charles and the team and, and what they have planned and all that God is doing in and through their team. We're just excited to see, hey, what comes next? And if you're part of Northview, especially if you are part of our first initiative, you know that a great deal of our resources this year are going to Brookside. And we wanna encourage you to continue giving faithfully because we believe that there is work to be done in this community and we are thrilled to have the opportunity and the privilege. Come on, church, it's a privilege. We're thrilled to have the privilege to partner with God and to partner with such a beautiful church right here in this community. And we thank them for hosting us in this space. Guys, I'm excited about this new year. I don't know about what it's like for you when you approach a new year, but I, uh, I get excited. The turning of a page, the new chapter. Hey, what does God have next? And I do believe God always has a next. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. There's always another step. And so you may be a Bible juggernaut. You have all the answers to all the questions. You've got the, the big Bible with the extra maps in the back, and you've, you've done a lot of things for Christ. That's amazing. But I guarantee you have a next step. Or maybe you're watching this and you're not a Christian. My goodness, do you have a next step, and it is your biggest step, and that is to place your faith in Jesus Christ. There is none other than Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, the light of the world, our rock and our Redeemer, Amen. And I'm convinced this year we're gonna see so many individuals give their life to Christ. And we're gonna stay true to form as a church as we seek to reach as many people as possible. And in this year, we are we are just ratcheting up our expectation for what God seeks to do in and through our life. I believe your God meets you at the level of your expectations. I think sometimes we are underestimating God's ability to work in our life. I don't know about you, but I often think about what is it gonna be like when I meet God? What's that interaction gonna be like? And I would rather assume he's better than he is than to assume he's worse than he is. And I just get the feeling a lot of people are gonna enter heaven and God's gonna be like, hey, welcome home. But you kind of left a lot on the table down there. There's so much I was seeking to do in and through your life, but maybe you just didn't trust me enough or believe I was capable or believe I was I was willing. And, and guys, our God is, he's willing, he's available, he's able, and he is attentive to our lives and he seeks to do remarkable things. And it's, it's leaning in with faith, where scripture says it is impossible to please God without faith. And so as we jump into this new season, it's saying, hey, let's ratchet up our faith. God, what do you seek to do next in and through your church? Not just my church, not just your church, not just our church. God, it's it's your church, and under your lordship, what do you seek to do in and through us? And it makes me think of this picture. Have you seen it from Leonardo uh, da Vinci? It's Adam and God. I didn't put the full picture up there because Adam's in his birthday suit and um, I don't wanna get canceled the first week of 2023, but I find this picture fascinating and I think the thing that Leonardo da Vinci was so attentive and specific about capturing is the finger of Adam. If you see the full portrait, I mean, God is stretched out. He's reaching and then Adam is in a, a lackadaisical posture that God is doing all that he is able to do and he is waiting for Adam's response and Adam is just unable or unwilling to even lift a finger. And I think sometimes this is the portrait of a lot of Christians. God is leaning in with a desire to do amazing things in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our world. Yet I think a lot of Christians are, we're just holding back whether it's because of fear or whether it's because of intimidation or insecurity or whether it's just because of a lack of faith or, or maybe it's because of distraction, so many things pulling your attention in so many different directions, you've lost focus on who your God is and what he seeks to do in your life. And again, in this season, saying, God, we are honing our focus on you. And I'm excited because we are going to launch into an initiative here at Northview that will be new to most of our church family. And it makes me think of a time my buddy, his sump pump uh, went out and his basement started to flood. So I get a call from him, his basement is flooding and I run over there and I come into the basement and he's got a five gallon bucket of water and he's scooping water out of the, the sump pump and he's chucking it out the window beside the pump. And He's making no progress. And so I come in, I'm like, hey, don't you have like a shop vac or something? A lot of times those have a a feature where you can can suck water through a shop vac. And he had a shop vac and didn't know that this was a feature. And so I go get the shop vac out of his, his garage and we hook it up and we just start transporting the water out of the basement. And we get done and I ask him, hey, how long were you doing the bucket thing? And he's like, man, I've been down here for hours trying to get this water out. And here in his garage was a tool that was able to accomplish it in minutes. And I think the same is happening a lot of times in our faith. And I look at a lot of Christians and I'm starting to realize there is a tool that is all throughout scripture. I mean, you see it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You not only see the patriarchs and the matriarchs teaching about it and demonstrating it, you see Jesus as a major advocate of it. And it's this idea of prayer and fasting. You know, what's interesting to me is the disciples of Jesus, they grew up in a hyper-religious context. I mean, you think the house you grew up in was religious. You would have a mom who went through that stage where the religion in the home just went to a different level, right? Well, the context that the disciples grew up in was hyper-religious, They spent a lot of time in the synagogues. They spent a lot of time around rabbis and and they spent a lot of time very familiar and accustomed to religious practices, meaning they would have experienced a lot of prayer in their life, which is interesting to me because these men who were very accustomed to prayer at one point found themselves just observing the way Jesus prayed. And look what it says in Luke chapter 11. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. There we go, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. In other words, they're looking at the way he approached prayer and they're looking at the way they've been taught to pray or been approaching prayer. And they recognize, hey, there's something different in how you pray than how I pray. And I just wonder if you were to observe scripture and look at the heroes of our faith, and you were to look at the Savior of our faith, and you were to look at the way He prayed. Is there any difference in how Jesus approached prayer and the way you approach prayer? So they say, Hey, would you teach us to pray to which Jesus accommodated their request? And so over time, Jesus would not only give them lessons in word, He would give them lessons in deed. And all along, He's shown them hey, this is what an effective prayer life looks like. And, church, I'm convinced the number one most effective attribute to Jesus's life and ministry was prayer. You ever been amazed by how much Jesus prayed? I mean, at times it's hard not to think to yourself is this even necessary? Is he talking to himself? Right. That, that kind of throws your your theology of the Trinity into a bit of a mix. But it's this idea. Wait a second. He placed a tremendous emphasis on prayer, and I just think sometimes we overlook the importance of prayer. And church here is really critical for you and I to understand. Prayer is a first response. It's not a last resort. I think sometimes we try to manufacture our own outcomes, and we try to, you know, force the issue or control the results, and then we discover our limitations. Which just know God is in the business of bringing men and women to the end of themselves. I mean, He specializes in bringing you and I to our limits, also that He can then show Himself at work in our life. But what happens is, is We exhaust our energy and we exhaust our efforts trying to force the issue on things that really need the hand of God at work within them. And then as a last resort, we go to God. You know, people always ask me like, hey, is there a certain time of day that you should pray? And the answer is no, Uh, I think you can pray at all times. However, in my way of thinking, I start my day out with prayer because i rather pray for my day than to have a real stressful one and get to the end and pray about my day, right? So I just start out, God, I'm gonna believe in faith that you're gonna do remarkable things and you're gonna be at work among me and my my family throughout this day. And then I just, I feel like I pray throughout the day and then I pray at the end of the day. I feel like it's a constant conversation. But I, I think we're missing it. And Jesus, I mean, he even said of his church that it will be a house of prayer. My goodness, I I think the church at large, especially the church in America, I think we're missing this. Because life is so good, we can control a lot on our own. And hear me on this, I believe prosperity is a bigger issue for the local church than persecution. I don't think the challenges come against the church are the issue. I think it's the comfort level within the church that is causing us to lay down our purpose and to forfeit our potential. And so faith just says, God, I believe you're able and I wanna wanna see what you desire to do in and through my life. That's why Kristen and I always say, I wanna die empty. God, I wanna get everything you placed in me out of me by the time you call me home. And what I've discovered is there is no way, you can find this in scripture and you'll find it in the mirror. There's no way you can do it without a life of prayer. I think prayer is one of the best ways of treating God like he's God. Prayer treats God like he's God. I mean, we treat God like a lot of things. Sometimes we treat him like a doormat. Man, that might be stepping on some people's toes. (laughs) Sometimes we treat him like a genie in a bottle, but prayer treats God like he's God. Lord, I fully surrender and I recognize my limitations and I recognize I'm broken and I'm faulty and I need your grace at work within my life. And so God, I am leaning fully on you. Prayer treats God as if he's God. In addition to that, prayer, ask God to experience your theology. That's what prayer is. Prayer is asking God to experience your theology. And I wonder, what are the things in your faith, your doctrine, your theology, that you need to articulate to your Heavenly Father? I believe that this is what you are in the business of doing. And I believe these are the desires of your heart and the plans for my life. And in prayer, I am articulating my theology and asking you to work on behalf in my life. That's what prayer is. And so all throughout scripture, Jesus is, he's teaching them through lesson indeed. The sermon on the Mount is infamous and he, he kind of tackles these two issues back to back. And he says in Matthew chapter six, he says, hey, when you pray, and then he goes into two negatives and two positives. He says, hey, when you pray, don't, don't pray about like the hypocrites and, and don't do as they do, and he gives some examples, but when you pray, do this. So he lays out this formula or this assumption of prayer. Not if you pray, but when you pray. Jesus assumed, he just assumed his disciples would get this. When you pray, and do you think it is safe to assume that all disciples should pray? Yeah, you should assume, yes, all disciples should pray. Well, in that same context, he then uses the same language in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, and the next paragraph, he says, and when you fast, he couples prayer and fasting together, and in the same way he assumes that his disciples would pray, he assumes that his disciples would fast. And guys, I'm so pumped because Starting next week, as we gather in person, we are launching for the first time here at Northview, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and I'm thrilled, and I don't expect that announcement to come with a lot of applause. In fact, I, I would guess there's a lot of thumbs down in the comment section right now. Because the idea of fasting doesn't come initially with a lot of excitement. That is how faith works, Right? Evidence is always on the other side of obedience, right, right. right? And so to understand why, you have to submit and apply. God, I don't understand this. Well, and to order to understand why, you have to submit and apply. All right, I'm going to embrace what you've placed before me. And so that's what prayer and fasting is. It is, it is harnessing a tool, a powerful tool that God has put before us. And so know this, I'm gonna give you some overarching context, but on our website, there's going to be an entire page devoted to prayer and fasting, answering all kinds of questions, giving scripture context and the, the different you know, ways of fasting, as well as social media is gonna be putting out content all month as we lean in as a church. But essentially, what fasting is, is it is choosing to go without something you depend on or desire greatly and to replace it with your fervency for God with prayer and scripture and leaning into your relationship with him in exchange. So for some people, the most traditional way of fasting is food. For other people, it's an activity or maybe it's media or technology. In 2021, I fasted social media for an entire year and it was the greatest thing ever. It took much of the Northview staff to convince me to get back on, but... We are excited. And my, my challenge to you is what do you need to lay down in this season, also that you can ratchet up your faith and hone in the focus that you should be putting on your relationship with God? Now, in this idea of fasting, check out this verse Jesus and his disciples. It says, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. And watch what Jesus says. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Man, I don't think Jesus would have a big church in America by the way he (laughs) preached. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. It goes on to tell us, oh, so let me pause right here for a second. So there's two things. Right off the bat, there's this tension. We see the disciples are effective in ministry and now they hit a roadblock. This man says, hey, I brought my, my son to your disciples. They were unable to accomplish. So now we're bringing it to you. And so Jesus says two things, again, Two negatives. He says, unbelieving and perverse. I mean, what you find is these themes kind of flow with the, the Jewish people and the nation of Israel all throughout scripture. They ebb and they flow and at times they are leaning into God and at other times they're disconnecting and they're, they're lacking in belief, they're lacking in faith, they're lacking in trust and simultaneously they're becoming a perverted group of people. And here's how I would explain it. Unbelieving is to be not connected to God. So he says, hey, like you unbelieving generation, you have disconnected yourself and you have severed the ties between you and God. You have diminished your faith. You are not connected to God. That's what he means when he talks about unbelieving. And then perverse means you're too connected to the world. And I just wonder how many of you can relate to that. In this season, my connection with God is decreasing. Yet my connection with the world is increasing. And Jesus says, this is a problem with your generation. Jesus said these words 2,000 years ago, but it sounds like he just said them on Tuesday. If you found that our, our world seems to be drawing away from God, yet drawing more and more towards the things of this world, and I think Jesus would come to us and say something similar. You unbelieving and perverse generation, I mean, what a statement. So then he follows it up with this, with an interaction with the disciples. says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately because they didn't want to ask in front of a group. I think they were embarrassed. Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will be moved and nothing will be impossible. And then watch this next statement. But this kind does not go out. This is not my pastoral theology. This is not some denominations theology. This is not tradition. No, this is the words of Jesus. But this kind, you can take it up with him. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And tragically, too many people are in the basement of their house trying to get rid of a flood with a bucket. And God's like, I've given you a tool. I've given you a tool that will move this along much faster and more efficient. And I think we are slugging it out in our faith, neglecting some tools that God has given us. This type of power, it doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. And here's the thing, prayer connects us to God. Prayer connects us to God. We are all relational beings. Even if you're not a Christian, you understand the importance of communication in a relationship. If you don't communicate, the relationship suffers. A lot of times your relationship with God is suffering not because He has checked out, but maybe you have stopped leaning in. And, and again, I, I just I want to encourage you to assess your prayer life, to say how often, Do I lean into this relationship with my God? How often do I talk to him? What I love about God is not only is nothing too big for him, but nothing is too small for him. He is attentive to all things. And prayer is, it's such a powerful tool, yet it's pretty simple on our end, isn't it? We just get to go talk to our God. But what I've discovered is when we treat the big things or the small things like they're big things, God treats the big things like they're small things. Hey, this is this seems simple. But I understand it's a big deal. So I'm gonna go to God in prayer and I'm gonna trust that the big things in my life that I have, I don't have the knowledge or the capability of handling on my own. He's gonna handle it. And so prayer, it, it connects us to God. And my desire and my prayer for it Every single person within our church, including myself, is at the end of this year, we arrive at a place where we say, my relationship with God is the best it's ever been. I'm closer to God. I'm leaning into his word. I've developed a life of prayer. I'm honing some spiritual disciplines and I have developed the the stature of my faith through my intentionality in my relationship with God. Guys, at the end of the day, like I think God's gonna continue to bless our church. But my prayer is that we will focus on being a better church, not just a bigger church. Let's just be a better church. I'm convinced if we just focus on being a better church that we just walk humbly and we honor God's word and we commit to being a a house of prayer and every time we gather, we exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm just telling you, we, we just act according to God's word and we take his lead and his prompting. We will continue to invite more favor upon our church and God will do what only God can do. But let's just be a better church. Let's just be a better church. So prayer... It connects us to God and fasting disconnects us from the world. I mean, so again, you unbelieving and perverse generation, you've, you've disconnected from God and you're overly connected to the world. Okay, we're gonna set aside 21 days to start out this year to reverse that effect on our faith community. Amen. And we are going to ratchet up our lives of prayer in order to hone in on our connection with God And we're gonna fast. And my challenge to you is don't just fast the easy things like cauliflower. (laughs) Like how often do you actually eat that, right? Like fast something that is a daily reminder. Every single day I'm having to say no to this and yes to him, no to this and yes to him. And in my life, in fact, Kristen and I were talking about this when it comes to big moments in our life, whether it's praying about a big gift that we feel God is calling us to give to the church or whether it's praying about a big move like uprooting your family and four children and, and moving to a different state to take a new position or, or whether it's a family illness or whether it's a circumstance that's breaking your heart and, and you just want God to intervene. Over and over again, we can trace the hand of God in our life In seasons where we just devoted times to prayer and fasting. And I, I would be a terrible pastor to experience and know the benefits of a spiritual discipline, but never talk about it because it's awkward and hard to get people on board with. This is a game changer. What I've discovered is fasting speeds up your faith. I'm just telling you, it accelerates some things in your life with Christ. And I promise you, if you commit to 21 days of prayer and fasting and you just say, hey, I I need God to do something about this cancer. I need God to do something about my business or my career. I need God to work in the lives of my children. You just start making a list because I believe God, he leans in and is honored by our bold and specific prayers. I think sometimes our prayers expose our faith. I think sometimes God's like, hey, I'm, I'm okay to act on behalf of those requests, but is that, is that all you're seeking for me to do in your life? And I think specific, bold prayers honor our God. God, I believe you're able. I believe that you are able. And so, so fasting, it speeds up your faith. In addition to that, fasting, it weakens the flesh and awakens the spirit. It weakens the flesh. You know, I love when Jesus starts out his you know, ministry. 40 days in fasting is what he commits to. So, right off the bat, day one, it's like, hey, if we're gonna copy everything that Jesus does, day one, he comes out the gate, I'm gonna commit 40 days to prayer and to fasting. And what's amazing is one, that when Satan comes to him to tempt him, he starts tempting his flesh and his appetite. Hey, are you hungry? Turn these rocks into stone. And Jesus says, no. And I think Jesus was saying, I'm not surrendering to nobody, including my body. I am crucifying my flesh. And I'm telling you, this is a lifelong struggle for every single one of us. But if you don't develop the handles and the tools to crucify your flesh, it will come at the expense of all that God seeks to do in and through your life. Where in your life is your flesh out of check, uh, getting out of check? Where, where is it starting to cause you to drift in the direction that pulls you outside of God's will for your life? And what is amazing to me is though this seems simple, it's pretty difficult, right? I don't stand up here preaching this as if this is not a struggle of my own at times. There are seasons in my life where my life of prayer is on point. Where I just feel deeply connected to God. And then for whatever reason, life just throws a bunch at you, and there's only 24 hours in the day. And before you know it, it's like it's not that I'm trying to neglect God, I'm just trying to manage life. And so you start to think to yourself, you're, you're, just, you're just too busy to pray. And maybe you've learned this the hard way. I know I have. We're too busy not to pray. We have way too much on our plate, way too much on our calendars not to lean in to God. And so we all fall out of rhythm, but here's what I've discovered the hard way. When we stop praying, the devil starts praying. I'm just telling you, when we stop praying, I think the devil's like, hey, this giant, the bride of Christ has passed out again. Let's go to work. And I am, I'm an extreme optimist, but I do believe these last few years are the biggest blessing in disguise because the church in America was sleeping. And I think it has woken a sleeping giant. And I think we're gonna see the church of God rise up in a remarkable way. And I believe we're gonna see a move of God just take place in our nation and in our world. And I believe our church is gonna play a part in this great awakening that takes place in our nation. I'm convinced of it. And know this, this isn't the first time the people of God found themselves in a world resistant to their faith. This isn't the first time the people of God found themselves in a culture full of idols. This isn't the first time the people of God were at a place, frustrated, concerned, and afraid of all the things that are taking place in the world around them. You know, at one point the people of God are in a a situation similar to ours. God, look at this world, what are we gonna do? And God makes a promise to him. He says, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land which is interesting because all throughout scripture, do your own case study on this. I mean, do your own due diligence. Don't just take my word for it, go home, get your Bible out, dust it off, and look at it for yourself all throughout scripture. Especially in the Old Testament, there was this practice and it's still practiced today amongst the, the Jewish community. They would humble their soul. And how would they humble their soul? by fasting. So all throughout Scripture, the practice of, you know, grafting humility into a person's life was done by fasting. So if my people will humble themselves and pray, and what is interesting to me about that is God doesn't say, church, I get it. And if culture would just turn away from their idols, I'll heal your land. Or hey, if if culture would just get their act together, I will heal their land. He puts the onus on his people. Hey, I'm talking to my kids right now is what he's saying. And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, stop trying to play God, stop trying to take too many things into your own hands, stop trying to dictate everything. No, be a person of faith who will pray. I will heal their land. And I'm just convinced We are gonna see God do remarkable things in and through our church as a response to our community, consecrating ourselves, humbling ourselves and saying, God, we are disconnecting from the world and we are reconnecting with you. We are honing our connection with you and we are believing you to do what you are only capable of doing in and through our lives, amen. So church, that's why we gathered and, and I pray next week when you show up with us at church that you just show up with some expectation in your heart. This is gonna be a remarkable year. We're gonna become a better church. In fact, we're gonna become better individuals because that's what I love about Jesus. He not only makes life better, he makes you and I better at life. And I'm convinced that it's gonna take place as a result of us committing to a season of prayer and fasting. So, at this moment, let me say a word of prayer with you, and we're gonna jump back into some more worship as a church. God, we thank you for your word that is so clear. God, we recognize our faultiness and overlooking sometimes your, your disciplines and your tools that you've offered to us, also, that we can maximize this life with you. And God, we are stepping into a season where God, we are raising our level of expectation and God, we are honing in on our spiritual disciplines. Also God, that we can ready ourselves for whatever you have next. And God, I believe you not only wanna do great and mighty things in this house, your local church, but God, I believe you wanna do great and mighty things in every house that represents this church. And God, I pray a blessing over every marriage. I pray a blessing over every child. I pray a blessing over every single person within our church, every, you know, coworker, teammate. God, whatever the context may be, whether it be work or play, whether it be a neighborhood. God, I just pray that you would just go to work among us. God, you would do the things that only you can do. God, I pray that you will restore relationships. God, I pray that you will begin to do the miraculous. God, I ask that you would draw more and more people unto yourself. And as a church, would you ready us for an increase of influence? And God, would you just go to work on our heart and on our character? Because you are so much more concerned with our character and our conduct than you are with our comfort and convenience. So God, have your way in our lives. And we give you thanks and we give you this year as it begins. What an in incredible way to start Amen. off the new year. We hope that you join us next week for our new series, Imagine a Place. Just as a reminder, 21 days of prayer and fasting begins on January 9th. And the resources for that are already available at northviewchurchus slash prayer. During those 21 days, worship experiences will be happening at every single one of our campuses. So make sure you check out the time and location of each of those so that you can join in person. We love you guys so much. Happy new year.